What's going on guys? I'm here as always with a disclaimer before we start this episode. Um, mainly to tell you that we do talk about Juno this week and we give no warning for spoilers whatsoever. Um, but basically the entire movie gets spoiled. Uh, so if you don't want that, I'm here to warn you that you should check below in the timestamps that I don't have pulled up right now uh, to skip ahead to listen to our conversations about Dr. Dog and Alts and uh, you know, but things like that. <laughs> All right, enjoy the episode. Thanks. Hi guys, welcome back to After Credits, episode number fifty-two. I'm here as always whoa, with my, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm here as always my <laughs> lovely and uh, oh my god, you're like so close to the camera that I can't think of an adjective to like go with the. <laughs> Hi. Uh, Septim wearing uh, co-host. <laughs> I mean, fair. Sorry, I'm in a different location, so my laptop is at a different angle, mm. a different perspective yep. of me. But so, it's yeah, still I have me. some like, it's still me. I have some dramatic lighting. It makes me look extra greasy. So, uh. mm, the lighting, it's like, I can't even like pull something from the background and be like, oh, this is my co host who has a, a beige wall in the. <laughs> <laughs> Here. Yeah, we got a, Look at uh, it's a door. A There's a mirror right mirror there. And a smoke detector. That's it. Here, what if I did this? <laughs> okay. My lovely and dragonfly <laughs> having <laughs> co host. Cool. I feel for anyone who doesn't know why there's a dragonfly in the background that that is a descriptor. It might not make any sense at yeah. all, but I don't feel like explaining yeah, it. Yeah, that's so. usually how these things kind of go. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um, so. We recorded next week's episode already, and we did all of the weekly catch-up, so I think to this week we should just jump right in, into it, especially since yeah. next week we have Sounds about good. a whole bonus episode until we actually talk about the movie, because of how long we talked yep. about all bunch of other random shit, um, and if we have other shit to talk about after the movie, I think we can just jump into that afterwards. Um, <laughs> but today we're talking about Juno. Uh as we alluded to in last week's episode, uh, came out in 2007, directed by Jason Reitman's, uh, who is the son of uh, Ivan Reitman, uh, who made Ghostbusters, and uh, who is actually directing the Ghostbusters Afterlife, which I, I'm i personally not a big fan of the original Ghostbusters, but I'm still excited for that. You can suck my I'm excited pee-pee. for the new one. I don't know. It looks, it yeah. looks cool. I'm excited, too. It's going to be good, I think. Mm-hmm. Can't so. go wrong i think um and after watching this one i think i want to jump into some of his other stuff because he directed tully with Charlize theron oh yeah as well and i bought that from family video when they were going out of business and i haven't watched it yet so uh, this is i've heard mixed things on that movie mm-hmm. i haven't really heard anything so uh <laughs> let's see if it holds up <laughs> i read the only things i know from it i know from when we did atomic blonde and i was trying to learn a little bit more about Sure. that's where i'm at <laughs> um all right so jumping right into that synopsis uh faced with an unplanned pregnancy an offbeat young woman makes an unusual decision regarding her unborn child um so we're talking about this because it's one of maggie our lovely friend maggie's favorite movies uh and it's her favorite soundtrack uh which she delightfully informed me of today after you guys finish watching it um so should we just start right right there because i think that's a very yeah let's start easily on it. 
easy thing to talk about. <laughs> to yeah, I issues or not issues, but like uh, things that are involved. <laughs> um, Maggie told me when we watched it today, when we were talking about the soundtrack, she was like, "This movie was the first movie that she saw that had." Um, that she she saw and she was like, I didn't know movies could be cool. Um, that's what she said. <laughs> nice. Um, that it's like was the first of its kind for her to see as like a kid that had like a soundtrack that was different than action. I music. don't know. <laughs> yeah, like movies that you probably would get exposed to at that age, like really popular movies. And so she um, for sure. caught like the last half of it or something on Lifetime. She said, and then she's loved it since. So it was something that it's something that she said. Um, is like very near to her for that reason yeah so I, was, and I think that's sweet i think that is sweet too i wish i was introduced to quirky indie movies like this when i was a kid um but i you know robots 2005 will have to do uh <laughs> <laughs> but going off the soundtrack though um i we talked about this while we were recording next week's episode uh off air but uh i we were supposed to listen to it today and then i didn't um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I rewatched the trailer, which had a little snippet of it in there, and I think the best way to describe the soundtrack is more, is kind of like a very soft spoken, uh, not folk, but like acoustic guitar cover. Yeah. Um, like versions of not a very story based songs, I would say. Um, this and this is just off of like the little bit that I was paying attention to because um, I, I, I don't think the soundtrack is necessarily uh, integral to the plot like if it could have it couldn't have been in the movie and it wouldn't have like drastically changed it but I think it's a nice except for maybe the last song yeah that's, like that's what I was about really to say fun. but uh, I think it's a nice flavor and it kind of adds to the world that the movie is uh, uh, bringing us into um so yeah, I think uh, it's a cute little one. Um, if I'm ever in the mood for that very specific subgenre music, I would get see myself plugging it on. Um, but yeah, I like it a lot. This is Kelsey's one of Kelsey's favorite soundtracks as well. So I'm sure I'll, this won't be the last time I'm listening to uh, this soundtrack, let alone watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, do you have anything else to add on that quick little? Uh, yeah. Um, not necessarily about the soundtrack. I um knew all the songs in it. I didn't necessarily realize the song that they play at the end is was from this movie. Sure. You know, um, I'd heard that song before. Um, I think probably from Maggie to be honest. <laughs> um, but I liked it. I thought the intro. Um, really cool. With the credits was really cool. Mm. Um, and the music I think added a lot to it as well, Definitely. which I thought was cool. Um, I thought. Overall, like the um, like cinematography and soundtrack combined in this movie made it better. Yeah, um, it definitely set the then, atmosphere up for what the movie yeah, was trying to be. I liked it a lot. It, it did. Um, it really set. Yeah, it set the tone <laughs> of what this movie was, and it wasn't. Um, you know, it. And I think also one thing I wasn't expecting with this movie, just beyond those two things as well. Um, was like the I knew every single cast person basically. Yeah. You know. Um, like, I knew Juno, I knew um, Michael Sarah, J.K. Simmons. I can't remember the name, but the stepmom. Mm-hmm. Um, Allison Jane. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> Jason Bateman and 
Jennifer Jason Bateman and Jennifer Gardner. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, I didn't know all these people were in this movie. Um, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, um, I, I really, the poster is like the only thing I've ever seen or heard about this movie. The only thing I knew going in was it's a teen pregnancy and Michael yeah. Sarah's in it as well. Uh, yeah that's me too i was like i think michael sarah's in it mm -hmm. <laughs> and um we talked about this because um i think you guys might talk about this a little bit as well but like the first thing i ever saw michael sarah in was scott pilgrim mm -hmm. and so i was like eh um because <laughs> scott pilgrim is uh a, like a dick wad you know mm -hmm. but he's so sweet in this movie yeah um like his character is so sweet in this movie and Maggie said that this was, she thinks this might have been the first movie she saw Michael Sarah in, mm -hmm. um, which can... is why she loves Michael Sarah. And I can understand why if this was the first time right. you saw him. Think... He's, so, um, he's such a likable character yeah. in this compared to Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> I think what the problem with that is, is that Scott Pilgrim, he is an asshole in that movie, but like he plays it off as like yeah. such like a innocent way, you know? So I think it's, you can still find him very likable and charming in a weird way, even though he's yeah. a complete douchebag in that movie. But, like, Polly is so innocent. Right. So you, it's, in comparison. It's a different... Comparison, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also one... Yeah, I, yeah. Um, <laughs> Touche. In comparison. But it's so funny, because we're talking about how, like, Michael Sarah plays pretty much all the same characters it's, like, in every single movie <laughs> that he's in, because it's, like, everything that is him, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I was thinking about this, and I'm like, okay, so it's another really nerdy kid in a band basically um yeah who doesn't yeah, yeah the, who doesn't really you know, and this is funny too because super bad came out the same year as this too where he plays essentially the same character in that <laughs> but has is more of a focus in the movie have you seen super bad no okay. but i knew i've seen like the cover sure. of it but yeah so he's a pretty big deal in that one too and i was like looking at the poster side by side and he's even doing like the same pose he's got like the same kind of outfit on and everything like that he's got the same facial expression it's kind of funny uh how that worked out but gotta love it's him. really funny too <laughs> when we were talking about like i couldn't remember if we had done palm springs or not yet yeah and that's another jk simmons movie <laughs> but i was like oh my god yeah. i love him like i i one of the first movies we ever watched together was whiplash with him. I forgot about I'm thinking that. about yeah, like true. Yeah, I'm thinking about him and Whiplash versus him in this movie versus him as Roy in Palm Springs mm -hmm. is like that shit's wild. <laughs> For sure. I don't know. We should uh either do a Michael Sarah movie soon. Like more focus on Michael Sarah because this is definitely yeah. well, we've done, not we've his done, movie. <laughs> yeah, we've done Scott Pilgrim now. That is true, but that is also and now that we're doing Juno, we should probably wait a little bit That's at least. Fair. That's fair. I don't know. Maybe we could just I can't like, think of anything else. Maybe we could just like slide down a rabbit hole of just like cool. Oh, Michael Sarah ranking. What the hell? He is in this one too. <laughs> um, I always or, like as a kid got um, him and Jesse Eisenberg mixed up. Oh my god! Yeah, of course, of course you did. They're like They're... the same person. <laughs> yeah, uh, but one's then, just a little more annoying than you, the other. You've seen Zombieland Double Tap too, right? Yeah, but he's not in Double Tap, no, but it should have been him. No, I know, but, like, they have, like, that uh, joke, uh, like, recasted version of Jesse Eisenberg, and now you got that guy in Hollywood, too, and Michael Sarah yeah. still looks kind of like Jesse Eisenberg, so now you got three people that... That guy, he he's, like, the um, the uh, Verizon guy, but he um, also does the voice of Terry in Solar Opposites and, like, other sure. acting and, and voice acting yeah. stuff, and he's in Bob's Burgers, too, and... I he I think he's like the midway between Jesse Eisenberg and Michael Sarah. Like he's like their <laughs> like the 
the mi- middle kid. For sure. Because he's like a, he's more like them than they are like each other. Mm-hmm. But really could pass for either one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I always wished um, as soon as like that scene in Double Tap came out, I, I wished that um, one that Owen Wilson was the guy and not know. his brother. And that um, oh, it was like playing like you get out of third. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you gotcha. You know. Instead of Luke. I thought you like, were I saying Owen Wilson Owen. play Jesse Eisenberg. I'm like, that doesn't make any no. sense. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying like you could add another pairing in there. Sure. Instead of Luke Wilson and um, I can't think of his name and I feel bad, but the guy that the guy, other guy we're just talking about, and um, and then you, you could add Owen Wilson and um, Michael Sarah. Right. As like another duo. Like there's, it's weird. I don't mm-hmm. know. My zombie land knowledge is a little uh, low, to say the least. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, that's not what we're talking about this week. Uh, <laughs> uh, before we jump a little into plot details, I think we got to give a little... Basically, I, well, I think it's important to address yeah. like um, that Elliot Page has come out as trans and is transition now is, uh, identifies as a man. Um or, I'm sorry, identifies with he, him pronouns since mm-hmm. uh, the release of this movie, uh, like, over ten years ago. Um, and so, um, Elliot Page plays a pregnant teen girl in this movie. And so, stands to reason that we might um, fuck up on pronouns. Um, and if we do, we're just gonna do our best to um, correct ourselves and move on. Because that's how you should address if you fuck up pronouns for anyone. Um that is the best way to go about doing that. So that's what we're going to do. Um, so sorry in advance if that happens. That's our process moving forward. <laughs> All right. Um, so first things first I want to jump into is that I think that all of the... I think the poster in a weird way is kind of lying. <laughs> because I feel like Michael Sarah is not in this movie enough yeah. to yeah. be the poster child of this movie. Um, so... I think for the longest time when I see this movie, I'm like, oh, that's fun. A cute little rom-com with Michael Sarah and a, a pregnant teenage girl or whatever. That sounds like fun. I'll check that out someday. And then I finally watched it for this. And, like, he's barely in it whatsoever. This is very much Elliot Page's movie. Um, and it's, I mean, he's the title character. Like, well, yeah, but I didn't know it, what so, the character's name right. was. Right. <laughs> right that's what i'm saying to, yeah that's what i'm trying to say too yeah. like i i went in the same thing not really knowing anything about this movie other than what's on the poster mm-hmm. you know and i guess i also was expecting michael Sarah to be in it more but i like that it's centered around elliot page's character yeah for I sure like that it's centered around juno um being that it's called juno mm-hmm. but it took me a while to um, figure that one out but <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah so that one caught me off guard right away but it's not like I, at the same time, even though we both do enjoy Michael Sarah, I feel like uh, I wasn't necessarily missing him in the movie, you know? Because I think Elliot Page's character is strong enough on um, his own regards that uh, it's not necessarily like, uh, like the movie yeah, goes I on agree. without him necessarily, uh, is what I'm getting at. Right, and I would even stand to argue with that that the movie is meant to be taken without because like i feel like so much of the plot in the story behind this is like the ability for like the pregnant pregnant mother and in this case also jennifer gardner to be able to raise or have a baby by themselves without necessarily like 
I don't know, without having the man necessarily involved as much, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and they, like they go through, the like, different situations. Kind of... Yeah, and, and like, and um, obviously, like, Juno and Polly's relationship is different than, um, I don't remember, Vanessa yeah. and Mark's relationship. Right. Um, and I think that that also kind of shows that, like, like, Polly wanted to be involved more, whereas Mark didn't want to, you know, and so I feel like it kind of, like, addresses different dynamics within... For sure. Like, pregnancy and, and having a kid and raising a child and becoming parents. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Which I think is interesting. Right. Um, but going into it, I, uh, you know, because of the poster, like, like I was saying... Uh, this star-studded cast I just didn't realize was in it at all. And uh, Jason Bate Bateman's one of those guys that... I, I love him. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of his shit, but everything that I've seen him in I've really enjoyed, uh, such as Game Night. Uh, Game Night's so good. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be as good as it is. It's so good, dude. Uh, and, and Zootopia, he's in that one too. And I, I don't know, I love his uh, sarcastic shtick that he does. And in this one, he's much more of a toned-down version of that, where he's still got some uh, quips here and there, but it's nothing near to as funny as he is in those two movies that I listed. Um, he's in Horrible Bosses, too, isn't he? Horrible, yes. Horrible yeah, Bosses. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen that one at the moment. Like I said, I'm very... My uh, knowledge... I haven't that. either. <laughs> yeah, I haven't either, but I've heard everyone I know that has basically seen it and loves it, so... Mm -hmm. For sure. <laughs> so, heard that one is fantastic as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Uh, when I saw his name in the credits, I got excited for him to show up, and when he finally does, I, uh, it took me off guard, um, because uh, it's not the, you know, like I said, the shtick that yeah. he typically does, and his character is, like, in a weird way, like, like you're trying to like... <laughs> well, there's that part, but we'll get into that. Uh, we're trying to like him, but, like, it keeps doing things that are like, dude, I'm trying to like you because I like jason yeah. but i don't like mark and these things are just lining up so inconsistently and not i don't know what i'm supposed to be feeling right now kind of a thing um and you can tell very early on that he's not necessarily happy in his relationship with uh, jennifer gardner and it's not necessarily addressed uh too much early on and I think it's, which is, like, you know, I'm always saying, like, don't shove exposition down my throat or whatever. So, but it did take me a while to figure out, like, okay, so is this just, like, a one-sided relationship? Or is this just, like, an awkward interaction between everybody? Like, are they just uncomfortable with the idea of their potential baby coming from a 17-year-old or however old um, Juno is in this yeah, movie? Yeah, she's six, 16, I think. Okay. Um, so that took me a while, and then, like, as the movie goes on, uh, it's when she cam comes over to uh, the house for the first time uh, when Jennifer Gardner's not there, and it's like, oh, so, okay, so they're just hanging out waiting for the wife to get home, and then I was like, okay, that, because that, at first, that didn't bother me uh, right yeah. away, because I didn't realize, it didn't, like, click how long the passage of time was, where they're just, like, chilling and hanging out, like, buddy-buddy with each other for yeah. so long, 
and then it like keeps happening and i'm like all right, all right, all right. and then like it came to the scene where they're like dancing with each other and that was uh, yeah, yeah that was just uh which i mean and that's the point is it's like juno is searching for that level of like support you know like as a 16 year old going through this really tough situation you know juno's looking for someone to be there for them and it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> and mark just completely takes advantage of that basically Okay, Regardless so of Juno's actions, she, they're 16. Right. Um, so it's not her fault at all. Right, but I think what you're, what you're trying to say, I think that what I'm getting at, or like my counter-argument to that, is uh, that the movie portrays her as such a strong character that does have the support because even though her parents are not necessarily proud of her for getting pregnant, they're not exactly kicking oh, her off. Oh yeah, the that's curb. not what I'm saying though. I'm not. I and I think specifically in this movie, like Juno's family is one of the biggest like heartwarming aspects of Definitely, it. Like they're yeah. they are so supportive and like such a good family dynamic, especially because they're not like a nuclear family as well, or, like a traditional family. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice to see, especially. Um, Juno's relationship with um, the stepmother is super nice. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was more getting at is that Juno was in a time of need in that specific instance we're talking about. Oh, like um, that one scene? Yeah. Okay. And like like Juno coming from fighting with Polly and, okay. you know, maybe going to a parental figure um, isn't necessarily like the first thing on Juno's mind. And because she was you know, and so, so much at school, she doesn't really have much options kind of a thing. Right. And so going to Mark as someone who is being like a friend for her and then having this old man take advantage of that yeah. is shitty, obviously. Right. But then, okay. So, but step putting that aside then, uh, I wish that Mark didn't really have any repercussions for that action too which is like but at the same time we don't focus on mark and i like that too like we don't get to see what happens to mark and i think that that's nice because it's like we don't care yeah like they don't they don't follow mark it doesn't he doesn't matter he's out of the story he left this he left the narrative you know mm-hmm. he removed himself from it for it, sure i don't need to know what happens to mark because the story's not about mark the story's about juno and the story's about vanessa yeah but i guess that what made it seem that way for me is that like because we were spending so much time with Mark com- even compared to you know Michael Sarah who's on the poster and things like that it made him feel more important so it's like I'd yeah like... but it's because it's about Juno and it's, <laughs> no, it's get, less of, you, yeah but it's less you. about Mark and more about the actions he had on I, Juno I, I you know what I mean I guess I was just waiting for during that scene for Jennifer Garner to, to walk in on them and it just like be a big blowout or something like that but the blowout happens after all the pervy stuff kind of stops. Yeah. And she just walks in on her happening to be over. And then he kind of... And then, Okay, so even in the, like, the blowout... Not even blowout, but, like, the little discussion They're scene. Fine. Yeah. Uh, after all that... We were so far into spoilers, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyways... Uh, no, I just I completely okay. Uh, so during that discussion, I was beforehand. Mark brings up that uh, 
him and his wife are getting a divorce or something and it catches Juno off guard and then when they bring it up again in the argument it's it's I don't know if it doesn't seem like that they are getting they might have talked about it but I don't it didn't look like it was like set in stone at that point either you know did that did you feel that way for you or no well Mark literally walks in and goes I talked to the lawyer she'll represent both of us they call it a uh, um, consensual divorce I don't remember they're sitting at the table and then Juno knocks on the door and hands and and drives away and the notes there that's that whole scene oh shit i'm thinking about, i'm getting my shit backwards aren't i <laughs> i don't know i don't know what you're thinking i just remember it happening like they've worded it so weirdly in that in that first argument scene that no because it's all within it's all in one scene it's really yeah because Juno leaves, they show Juno crying yeah, in the car, right. and then they they go back to the house and show them fighting at the table, and he comes downstairs and he's like, I talked to the lawyer, we're going to both be represented by her, they call it a consensual divorce, and then Juno knocks on the door, they go to the door, Juno drives away in the car, and they pick up a note. Okay. <laughs> I just watched it, Yeah, so. <laughs> right. I don't, okay, I, I don't know. All right, I must have... So I, I just, thought that was clear. Okay, I completely missed the line or something like that. I, I just, I don't know. I just missed a line. All right. Um, so that, okay, that's that's all my problems with Jason Bateman's character. Uh, <laughs> I don't have, I don't, I didn't have a problem with it. I liked how it was done. It was weird. Um, I, I liked that they had him play this character because he's so likable. Yeah. Because um, I think it kind of showed how, like, even likable people can make big mistakes and t- do really shitty things and take advantage right. of people. It's like the you know because no one's black and white, um, and I enjoyed that. Yeah, so. it's kind of like the casting of Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems, where you already know you like Adam yeah. Sandler, but he's in like the most unlikable character possible. Yeah, um, so. which is like an intentional choice. I feel like it. one hundred percent is intentional. Yeah, that was like. But my only, like, glaring issue with the movie is just I didn't really get what they were going for with with Mark. Um, and then I guess the the other big one that I had, and we can talk about some positives after. Uh, do you at all think that they were might have been building, especially near the end, towards Juno keeping the kid? No. No? Not at all. Not at all. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm pulling. I didn't like, get that these, at all. I feel like I'm pulling these things out of my like nowhere. They did have a line at the end though about how they weren't. It wouldn't be their kid. It would be like uh, Jennifer Garner's kid at that point, which I did like that line. Um, but I feel like I think uh, Juno was set on it not being hers from the whole time. Yeah. I never got the feeling that Juno was going to go back on their word. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I just think. I think what the divorce thing caught me so off guard because it was so late in the movie that I, for a split second, thought that they were changing the course of Juno's thought process because we don't, when she first gives him the note that I didn't, we don't see it right away. Yeah, I just assumed it would have been like, I don't know, like I got the feeling like Juno was going to put it up for adoption or something without that couple. Like I got the feeling like, that it wouldn't be theirs but like because of all the scenes with Vanessa and like 
how much Juno seemed to really understand that Vanessa, like, how much Vanessa wanted this kid, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I thought that that was... I don't know. I had the feeling that Vanessa was going to get it. Like, that was what I was hoping for the whole time. Okay. Um, (laughs) After Mark got started. I feel like we watched two different movies. Uh, I'm just pulling all of these, like... I don't know what you got. I feel like I'm pulling, like, these... Uh, within the first half hour of the movie, I'm just, like, pulling out of all of these things that I was like, okay, that's probably what's going to happen. That's probably what's going to happen. And then when they don't, it's like, oh, well, that didn't make any sense. Why didn't that happen kind of a thing? That's probably what I I was doing. You just are mad you can predict it. (laughs) Yeah. Which props to it for that. Uh, It did did win that screenplay uh, award at the Oscars, so uh, rightfully so, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they they outsmarted me. They got me. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, speaking of the screenplay, I feel like this movie is written really well because um, at one point, uh, Kelsey had to pee halfway through the movie and then we paused it and I was like, oh shit, we're already like a fucking hour into this movie and feel like no time has passed at all, uh, which I thought was uh, really uh, cool that they were able to p- portray this entire arc of a pregnancy within uh barely 90 minutes and it just felt like a complete narrative uh start to finish and it didn't feel at all like that they skipped over anything like uh they like they did all the the beats that you typically have in this kind of a story but then again adding like the ones that threw me for a loop and it all felt so uh tight tightly written that I didn't there wasn't necessarily a scene that I was like okay that should probably get cut out probably couldn't have done without that there was never that moment where I was felt like it was dragging its feet along it felt like uh, right. it knew what it was doing and it got in and got out kind of a thing um, and I, admired I also that. felt like it was paced well I agree with you <laughs> uh, I, well I like I think like it, it was it was never I never felt bored right right just you pretty much said what I'm thinking, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, keep, keeping with the positives, though, I, I really dug the, the main performance in this movie. Uh, yeah, everyone did, a, everyone, even the minor characters, like, it, it mm-hmm. I really fell into the story well. Yeah. They did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. You know, which I expect them all to. They're all great actors and actresses, so. Right. Um yeah, I think that this is just overall a really well-crafted movie that I uh, could poke at if I really wanted to. Um, but just uh, other than like me being stupid, <laughs> I didn't really have many uh, problems with it. Uh, and then um, I guess the last one is uh, Juno as a character, I feel like, was written such a, in such a way that it was like she you really want her to feel like she's a really quirky person <laughs> you know right. what I mean and uh I, and I think it's almost like the way the dialogue was written like a lot of the dialogue was written in a very like quirky way and I think that's most yeah. apparent in like that opening scene at the um gas station with uh right, Rain with Wilson, Rain Wilson. <laughs> which is funny uh, um that really like that whole scene and like all the dialogue cameo. like what the hell what yeah are, what are you doing in here <laughs> 2007 man you know time to be alive but like all the dialogue was written like that i feel like like even some of the stuff rain was saying and like the poly says and i, I don't know i liked it i like the dialogue but yeah it was definitely written quirky mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know you 
I know we, we didn't even really deep dive into this one, but I feel like our, like, I don't even know what to rate it anymore because I had a set one and then you were like, we're like, oh, actually that's because you were dumb and didn't realize what they were actually Hey, I didn't doing. say that. <laughs> no, but uh, that's what I realized while we were having this discussion. I was like, oh shit, I just, well, I just missed the point of the movie kind of a thing. <laughs> so I, don't, I, I don't think know. it might be easier for me as like a woman to um, maybe comprehend some of the things like for it to stick out to me more sure. um, with the aspect of like the ability of for a man to control a woman's body when it comes to pregnancy and that fear that a lot of, of us have, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so in a movie about teen pregnancy, that tends to be something that I would immediately look for versus your perspective on things is obviously going to be different. Yeah. Um, so that might, you know, lead to that. Um, and especially with like, um, predatory men like Mark, um, like my instinct for Mark right away was, <laughs> was to be afraid of him. Like it was like, as soon as he started becoming even minorly close with Juno, I was like, this is weird. Um, mm -hmm. and I don't care about his back. I don't care about him. <laughs> I don't care about Mark. <laughs> So it was just hard because Jason Bateman and I get that. But I think yeah. having him play that type of character is so important to show like, you it know, could be anybody. Yeah. And she's in like Juno is in such a position where Mark can easily right. manipulate her. It's yeah. I don't know. So I don't I don't think it's that you didn't get the point. I think it, it just isn't your first thought as someone not living that experience as closely. Maybe. Maybe that's it. You know. We'll just go with the I'm stupid route. Okay. No, I don't think you're stupid. <laughs> no, I don't I'll, think you're I'll, stupid. Because, like, once... I'll think that. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I think also one thing that's um, important for us in the podcast is that talking about it makes us change our rating sometimes. So yeah, true. It's always fun. Definitely. Um, I really liked it. I thought the soundtrack was really good, and the cinematography was really good, and everyone did a great performance, like we just said. Um, I think that... I, I don't know why, like, the dialogue at first threw me a little bit, but then as I started going, I, like, started to really enjoy it. It kind of reminds me of, it's like a stylistic choice in the same way that, like, Scott Pilgrim and how that's directed and the dialogue is run through that is very stylistic, sure. you know? Um, and so I took it less uh, of, like, trying to build on Juno's character and more of, like, almost a stylistic choice for, like, the time period. You right. know, because there was a lot okay. of, like, slang being used and stuff that was very yeah, for sure. 2007. Yeah. <laughs> so. And uh, those movies are, especially comedies, are just really interesting how you could call them dated, but, like, it's more of, like, a time capsule of this is what 2007 was kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, I think Judd Apatow does a lot of uh, really good ones of that. Uh, this is 40 with Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann, where... The two of them play like a married couple who are yeah. in their 40s. Their kids hate each other and everything like that. And it's like there's like no plot like at all. It's just like pretty much a year in the life with these two characters and how they deal with situations like that. And uh, it's just but like they have so many references to Lost and like the music that was going on at the time and even though i'm not necessarily getting all of these references and things like that it's like really like like a, it's in a weird way it's like a period piece but it's like not yeah so yeah i, I get that uh, yeah uh, i wanted to ask uh did you i know we talked about doing jennifer's body on the pod Oh, back in the day. I love Jennifer's Body. <laughs> in October. I've never seen it and I already love okay. it. I, love I was going to ask if you saw it because it's the same writer and I was going to ask if the, the writing oh. like, 
pairs up or you can tell it's the same person behind it. I've never seen it, but I bet because in terms of being very um, like pro women empowerment type movies, you know, that um, don't focus as much on the men's narrative Mm -hmm. for um, specifically like the topics of both of these movies tend to have a lot more like, like one thing I liked about this was there wasn't a huge focus on um, like Polly trying to control Juno's body and like what happens to the baby and stuff he really didn't care Um, much at all well and that's the thing is like he did care but he respected her yeah well I mean like he did like uh I guess not care you yeah you you actually you said exactly what I was trying to say (laughs) yeah yeah like he 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 respected her to the point where it was like he knew that that was the right thing to do you know and it was up to her how much he was going to be involved in it essentially um, sure. if, if she wasn't keeping it. And so, um, I think that that isn't something we often get to see in this type of portrayal of something like this. Um, and it, with Jennifer's body, like so much of that movie is focused on, um, like her possessing men, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not a movie meant for like the male gaze. It's more about like, um, her and or Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried's characters and their relationship and like the development of um, like Megan Fox's character. And so I think it's, um, I appreciate writing in, in the way like that, that these movies are meant for to depict how things could be, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Focusing on women more. Cause I feel like so much media is created for specifically men to watch and, and, and take and, that can be damaging um, about, especially when it's about stuff like teen pregnancy, which um, as they kind of touch on a little bit in this, like affects the woman, obviously, or the one who is pregnant, obviously a lot more. Right. Just because of, especially if you're in high school, you know, and, and how much that would affect your, I don't know. I, it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that there's a lot of stigma around teen pregnancy. So, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know, it was just a good example of how things can be done and like any issues sure. or anything that wasn't done right. They touched on and like, um, Polly and Juno like discussed. And I think Juno's family did a really good job of showing like how parents should act in that situation. And yeah, um, and I liked is that. So chill in this movie <laughs> i loved and it's so weird because like the first thing i ever saw jk simmons in besides farmers commercials was um with blash and so i we were, we were i always was yeah but i was so young i barely i <laughs> i didn't recognize him as like i couldn't even recognize faces basically at that point oh, when it comes to movies so, sure. you know you were an infant um, at that point <laughs> yeah and so i just i you know i i didn't recognize that as like jk simmons you know but sure. now now I obviously do, and so seeing him for the first time in something like recognizable and in Whiplash was like I'm terrified of him, you know. <laughs> right, and everything we've watched of him since he's just the most wholesome person on the planet. I know, but I and I love him now, but like I still have like this weird like I'm like kind of scared of him. Yeah, like when's I don't know, he, like more than out? the average. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Whiplash is scary, and I don't know. And the one thing we talked about when we watched Whiplash was like how much like we as. Um, people who grew up doing band and jazz band like really really feel like miles teller's character um like his anxiety throughout the whole thing Mm -hmm. for like the performance and everything with his teacher you know and how that's just amped up because of how jk simmons is right you know so feeling that anxiety in the mists of bnb season while also 
like witnessing this for the first time was so scary <laughs> in terms of like the level of anxiety I like felt that shit so hard so uh, I don't think I have much to add to that discussion uh, I think we kind of hit the nail on the head with this one even though I, uh, a lot of stuttering and a lot of uh, realizing mistakes uh, that's you know what and that you know cinema is a learning experience and sometimes I think um, it pays to have conversations about it because you can see perspectives that you didn't see before mm-hmm. and that happens so often on our show and so I'm very glad that we get to have those conversations and that's part of the reason I like mm. talking to you so much so love you <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so do you have a rating in mind or um, I think I'm gonna rate this movie in I'm like stuck between eight and a half and a nine, and it's not a big difference. I think I'm gonna say like eight and a half out of ten. Sure. Uh, for me personally. Yeah. Walking in, I was at a seven, but this discussion made me like it a lot more. So uh, I don't have an official one uh, at the moment, uh, but I think seven is a pretty a score that you shouldn't be disappointed in, anyways. Okay. Um, so. Okay. <laughs> oh. Yeah. If it started out a seven and you realized that you don't have the same issues you did before that can only go up from there so that's good right um, yes okay uh so with that out of the way has anything remotely interesting happened in the world of carly within the past 24 hours that you would like to discuss? um not a whole lot i think um <laughs> i don't know i am excited to watch the slander cut tomorrow i'm one day closer mm-hmm. to my watch with my dad so that's really cool um I, uh, yeah, I don't, I got paid today. <laughs> today was payday. Whoa. Um, yep. I made $170. Nice. Um, cause I get paid eight fifty. So yeah, which is cool. I like money. Um, <laughs> we all do. And yes, money's <laughs> great. Um, I got a good night's sleep last night. Ooh. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I had to get up early this morning to work, and I had class today, and um, it was fine. I don't know. We're learning some stuff about typography, Mm -hmm. um, which I feel like I kind of already know a little bit about in terms of how to use the applications like we kind of talked about yesterday, um, which I guess you guys will hear about later. (laughs) Um, And so that's fun. Yeah. And I had A&W for dinner. I had a melt. Oh, wow. A&W, That's what I've done in the last... Like, is such a weird experience. <laughs> because... I agree, but I want to know why you think that. <laughs> okay, because it's designed to be, like, this the 50s style of you drive yeah. up and then they deliver the food out to you, but no one ever does that. It's, oh, I don't know about you, yeah. but... I, I... Well, they used to. They used to do that, but they don't do that anymore. Well, they still have it's their whole setup to, to do it, is the thing. Uh, oh, you, you maybe by yeah, you, but not by okay. me. <laughs> um, so they have that whole setup, and then their menu is just all over the place. It's like, uh, you go, like who is going to A and W to get shrimp? You know what I mean? They have shrimp. <laughs> exactly. That's weird. And I feel like their menu has changed so much. Like growing up, it always used to be like you got a hamburger or a hot dog. Mm-hmm. Right? right? You got onion rings or cheese curds, and then you got a rip your float exactly. or a melt. And those were your options. And that's very makes sense. And so maybe now I don't know if they're just trying to, like, expand their menu. I don't right. know. Um, <laughs> and then on top of that, their food is so expensive, too. Yeah, but which, it's so good, like, dude. It's just coated in oil. I love that. It's, it's so bad just, for you. It's <laughs> horrible for you. 
And, but first, uh, it's so good. Oh, my God. And it's just, I don't know, the experience you, you go, of going there, every time I go there, it's just like everyone there just doesn't care about anything that's going on. And it's just... It's always dirty when I go so there. It's so dirty. It's always sti- like sticky and shit from all right. the rip beer everywhere. And it's like permanently in the floor. And the, I haven't been in there yeah. since the pandemic started. Uh, and it's been it was probably a full year or so since I've been in there before that point. Um, I haven't been inside, but I can't imagine it's yeah. gotten any better. But like they so. have like this whole system too, where you like you're you'll go inside and you you'll be the only one sitting in there, and then it'll be like okay, if you're sitting inside and you want the menu, you have to press this doorbell inside the booth for service or something like that. So you press like this doorbell. That's not at all how I know you by my house and, is. And she, and she and she would come out and she looks absolutely miserable. She's like, ah, great, this fucker's here. And she hands you the menu, and then you like order like the cheapest thing on the menu, and you have to pull out your entire one hundred eighty-seven dollar paycheck to pay for a root beer float. And then you get it like an hour later, and then it <laughs> and it's just like liquid syrup at that point. And <laughs> yeah, but they're so good, Bryce. <sighs> Like, they're my biggest, my only thing I can really say about A&W besides the floors that I have a big issue with is that they don't have chocolate ice cream. Do they really not? No, they have vanilla and root beer flavored. But you know what? They do have chocolate malts. So explain that to me. (laughs) What are they making them with that they can't add in the ice cream? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. And the other thing is if they're doing it with malts, when you get, um... The, like, I don't know what they're called, because they're called McFlurries at McDonald's, yeah. the Crab Blizzards at Dairy Queen, like that type thing. Right. They have those at A&W. Sure. Um, like the mixers, basically. Yeah. I think concrete mixer, that's Culver's. Um, <laughs> the, I don't know. You know the thick about. ice they, cream drink. With chunks. with Yeah, the thick ice cream thing with chunks of candy inside. Yeah. They don't have chocolate ice cream for that either. And so I'm like, okay, you're making malts with it, but you're not making... Like, you could just add chocolate syrup in if that's what you're doing. I can't remember the last time I Same had shit. A, I can't remember the last Same time shit. I had a malt that was chocolate ice cream to begin with, though. Like, it's usually I don't all, know. I don't make malts. almost always vanilla. Like, I'm not the one making it. Whenever I get it, though, it's usually always vanilla. You get vanilla malts? Or I guess they don't they make every flavor, don't they? Yeah, right. I always, I've always i never had a vanilla malt. I always get chocolate malt. Sure. I think I always get peanut butter now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> You're weird. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is that if they have chocolate to make the chocolate malt, why can't they just add that shit? Yeah, for sure. To other pieces. And, like, we know is enough people getting root beer that's not just from the ice cream? Mm-hmm. Like, I get it's A&W root beer. That's why you have root beer flavored ice cream, and it's probably good. But the root beer, though, isn't, like, ride or die either. I mean, I have nothing to compare it to. I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm trying to think of anyone else I know that makes root beer I'm trying to think of the taste, and the only thing coming to mind is Culver's root beer. <laughs> so that's like that's. Did you ever go to the Classic Garage in Eau Claire? No, uh, no. Bryce, that is my favorite restaurant in the whole Wait, world, what and is they it have called? the Classic Garage. No, I would never. It's essentially that. like a better A&W. Like it's it's not fast food. It's like a sit down restaurant, um, but it's fifties themed like that and they have um like the best malts and shakes and um floats ever they have um orange crush floats and they're so good and their burgers and cheese curds so good i went there like all the time i've never heard of this place before really okay well when you come visit me this summer i'll take you there apparently (laughs) it's like my favorite thing in the world it's i miss it so much i've never heard you talk about this before 
Really? I don't know. I we took Gabe there when Gabe came to visit. You, took you were Gabe gone that weekend. Me. I lived right. You were gone. You were in Stevens Point. Oh really? What do you want? <laughs> yeah, you weren't there that weekend. Do you remember how you didn't get to meet Gabe and I was so mad at you because I was like, Bryce, I gave you this specific weekend no, to make sure no, that you were around, no, and no, then you went to Stevens Point. Fault. This is not my fault. <laughs> it's your fault that you weren't there. I'm not. So, I'm just. You can't be mad at me for taking Gabe there. What was I supposed oh, to do? Not go? I wanted to go. No. <laughs> Anyway, it's like my favorite restaurant ever. Okay. Ever. Okay. Um, my, so. Yeah. I'll get you. I'll get you there. Don't worry. Right. Okay. Even if we just have to sit outside in the car and eat there, that's fine. <laughs> it's so good. Okay, I have a question. Okay. Do you not like peanut butter? I love peanut butter. So what's wrong with but the peanut butter malt? Nothing. I just don't understand why you've had peanut butter malts and not chocolate. That's weird. Because that just sounds more appetizing. Yeah, but less places have it. It's weird. <laughs> You're weird. I don't know. Okay, I think the only place I've ever been to that had the chocolate malt option to begin with is, like, a place that had, like, an entire... A&W does not. Right, that's <laughs> what I'm getting at. But, like, the only... But they have chocolate. But, yeah. Wait, you just said A&W doesn't have chocolate. They do. I got one today. What are you talking about, then? I got a chocolate malt today. So what does... And you so went, they, I've never had chocolate before. They, that's what I'm saying is the only flavor of anything chocolate they have is a chocolate malt, but they don't serve chocolate ice cream. Oh, you meant... Oh, okay. And and that's okay. weird. Okay, gotcha. That they, that's why I'm like, why can't they just add that shit in sure. there? I don't understand. Like, what, they what are already the making a chocolate okay. malt. All right, it's clicking now. <laughs> okay, got it? Okay, I got like, it. Like, what are they using to make yeah, the malt? I guess I did. That's that is, not... That is and the if, how often I go to A&W. And if they're not using chocolate ice cream, they're using chocolate syrup, and I don't understand why they can't just add that into, like, the flurry thing. Mm -hmm. When they mix that, it would be the same thing. I don't understand. Mm -hmm. It's rude, honestly. I don't know. Disrespectful. It's disrespectful, honestly. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. But, yeah, okay. Besides A&W, I guess, the only place that really serves malts has, like, a whole selection of things. And if I have the option to get vanilla and chocolate, the most basic-ass flavors, I'm going to get something that sounds better compared to those two. And it's always peanut butter every single time. Yeah, and that I don't blame you on. I'm just saying it's weird that you've never had. Yeah. Like, most places don't have that. Right. Most places I have I chocolate guess, or vanilla. I don't think I've just been to many places that serve malts to begin with. That's probably part That's of fair, it. too. But also, a lot of places that serve malts don't put them on the menu. Like, sure. Um, like, if they do, because it's just making a shake and then adding the malt flavor in. And so, like, like Dairy Queen, they have malts. A&W has malts. Um, I think Culver's has malts. Like, most places that serve chocolate yeah. shakes, you just, because you just add the malt right. in. When, I go, when um, I'm going to Culver's, though, I'm, on a, I'm craving a concrete mixer. Yeah. Or, yeah, me too. But, like, Potbelly, like, Potbelly has malts. Yeah, we don't malts. get a Potbelly here. I know. It's, like, the saddest thing ever, because it's, like, my favorite restaurant in the world, but they don't have one in Bes Eau Claire Besides either. the garage thing that you just said. Okay. <laughs> it's my favorite fast food restaurant in okay. the world. If I could choose any fast food, I'd always choose Potbelly. Mm -hmm. But my favorite restaurant is Classic Garage. And then after that... Fazoli's, and then after that, you're just listing everything that we do not have in Manitowoc. <laughs> you don't have a Fazoli's? No, we don't. Oh my god! I mean, we we, we've been knew that's Panera my favorite. But... Oh, I love Panera. Yeah, we just I love, got and that. then my my favorite drink is um, frozen lemonade, and so Fazoli's and Panera and Culver's during the summer have. What's it like lemonade. to be a spoiled child? <laughs> Um, it's actually super nice. I'm actually an only child as well. And so, um, I grew up, um, getting whatever I wanted. Um, mm -hmm. but I'm gay and a woman, so I do have to deal with that. Um, uh. 
So. You take some, you lose some. <laughs> I know. It's well, like it's like oh, I got the I got privilege, but then I also got had to be gay. So you had to be. <laughs> I had to be. Just, I was, was born loving it was, women. It's like that, so. that meme where there's like two buttons, or like that that the draw twenty five Uno card meme. Yeah. <laughs> See that yeah. you can have chocolate malts or be gay, and then you just. You just, uh, I got to be, and I got to have chocolate once and be gay. Mm-hmm. Yay. And you got neither. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> You're really missing out. Apparently, I should get on that. I'll let Kelsey know yeah. after we're done recording. Okay. <laughs> uh, sorry, honey. You're like, downside, I'm gay. Plus side, let's go get some chocolate malts. <laughs> to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I think I need just to go back to NW one last time to really solidify that if I like or don't like the place. But from what I understand, I do not like that place at all. <laughs> <laughs> I love NW. I don't know. I always get hot dogs with a hot dog with ketchup and uh, a basic bitch. <laughs> I don't. I don't like mixing foods. I have sensory problems. Anyway, I get a hot dog with just ketchup because I don't like anything else on them. Or on hamburgers, I don't like anything oh, but ketchup oh on hamburgers. Oh my god! And like I mean, I mean anything. Like I don't like, like cheese, lettuce, even? tomato, cheese. Oh my no. god! So I get a hot dog with ketchup, you... and then I get um, a regular sized cheese curd, and then I get a small chocolate. Milk. So I'm assuming you never had a Chicago dog before. I. Dog. I've so had much. hot dogs with, like plain hot dogs with the sesame seed bun. Oh man, wild and over here. <laughs> That's actually my favorite, is sesame seed buns are, like, my favorite thing in the world. Or, like, the poppy seeds. I don't mm-hmm. know, like, Chicago-style buns. Those are so Do you good. have a Dr. Dog by you? What? Dr. Dog. A Dr. Dog? Yeah. No. You don't know what that is? It's, like, an entire restaurant dedicated to hot dogs. It's Dr. Dog. <laughs> Place that, that was here uh, for, like, not even a full year before they shut down and turned into a mattress place. And uh, it, it was just like the only thing they had on the menu was hot dogs, and it you, you like you know Max like the mac and cheese yeah, restaurant. Yeah, I love Max. Yeah, yeah, I love Max too. It's like it's like that kind of idea where, but it's just mm-hmm. only hot dogs. <laughs> I don't know if I'd like that because like I'm always in the mood for mac and cheese, but I'm not always in the mood for hot dogs. Sure. You know. Yeah, I feel like hot dog is a very specific. Thing. Yeah, you gotta be up for you that. You gotta go to a baseball And also, game. not everyone likes hot dogs. Yeah. You know, like a lot of people don't, because it's a weird processed food, right. you know? You, you either, it's a kind of a hit or miss Have thing. Have you ever met anyone who doesn't like mac and cheese? No, unless you're lactose intolerant, which most people I know that are lactose intolerant eat it anyway. Yeah. yeah, like Ellie, so. <laughs> Good thing she doesn't listen this far in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're so mean so. to your poor girlfriend. I know uh, I love her though. She's cute. She's one day she'll listen to them all and she'll be like, "You talk so much shit about me. We're getting a divorce because we'll be married by that point because that's how long it's gonna be." And <laughs> and I'll go, "Yes, but you missed the part in our wedding vows where you agreed that um, one day if you listened to all the podcast episodes, you couldn't divorce me for it." Mm-hmm. So right. Yeah. Or do you want to put a secret message in here for Ellie to find? Hey, Ellie in 30 years, um, I love you, and I hope that we're still together. Um, how are the kids? Did you feed them today? Mm-hmm. If 30 years from now, <laughs> you still have to feed your children. <laughs> They'll be, what, like 20? Right. 
if I have kids when I'm no, if I have kids, oh, they're like ten, fifteen. Feed our fucking kids, Ellie. God, you're slacking on that right now, honestly. I can, I can tell from thirty years in the future. I can tell because you're listening to my podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, stir the mac and cheese. Not feeding my children. <laughs> Our mac and cheese is burning. Did you remember to take your meds today? Um, did you uh, lock the house when you left for work? How was little Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> I hope your kid's name is Jimmy now. No, we have our kids' names picked up. <laughs> really? And it's not Jimmy? Yeah. No, it's oh not Jimmy. God. We got that shit picked yeah. up, too. That one we might have talked. Uh, Wait, I wanna, when we're done, I want to talk about just, we have to make sure they're not the same. Oh, I'm sure they, they aren't at all. <laughs> okay. Why is it Jimmy? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. How do you know? <laughs> um, Alrighty, I think we've uh, okay. hit our mark of rambling for the week. All right, I would agree. Uh, Bryce... Um, where can I find you? <laughs> uh, you can find me campaigning to get Dr. Dog back in Manitowoc, <laughs> uh, or on Instagram at Bryce Killyhow. Carly, <laughs> where can I find you? Um, you can find me, um, running to feed my kids in 30 years, <laughs> or, um, sprinting. over, yeah, I'm sprinting, from right now, I'm sprinting <laughs> right. to 30 years in the future, um, or over on Instagram at Carly.Bauer. Oh, and with all of that said... There's no end scene. Go home.